Apologies, this episode is a little bit louder than normal. We had some issues being in a hotel out of our studios. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast. It is Friday, November 26th. In this episode, Mike is out. It's Black Friday, but the black cloud may finally be lifted from Man United as they sign their new coach. I'll preview the weekend fixtures and review where we are in the Champions League. First things first, Mike is out. And so I'm still, uh, he's in Michigan. We're doing a, I'm doing a hotel remote uh, episode from a hotel out in Palm Desert. So if it's loud, it's not my fault. Uh, people are hanging out. People are doing their thing. It's a good time. First things first, Manchester United have hired on an interim basis Ralph Rangnock. Rangnick. We're all going to have to get used to that. Ralph, R-A-L-F, Rangnick. Who the fuck is he? Okay, for the uninitiated, he is a longtime German coach who is a bit of an iconoclast. He is a builder. He builds teams. He builds clubs. He's been in coaching since 1985, been all through Germany. Didn't really get his first sort of big job until about 2000. And he was a proponent and a changer in Germany. Uh, Germany historically had played with a sweeper, was very stuck in its ways. And he was one of the first people to sort of see the value of, I hate to use this term, Gengen pressing. So Gengen pressing being how you see Liverpool play, how you see Ralph Hasenhutl's uh, uh, Southampton play, how you see City play to a lesser extent, where when they lose the ball, you go after the people and go get the ball from them as quickly as possible. So um, City are in that space. They have got the godfather of German coaching. Uh, Ralph Ragnarik gave Rag Rangnick Ralph Rangnick gave Tuchel his first job, uh, was a huge influence on, on Klopp. We've got, you know, more great coaches into United. As a person who's anti-United, this is bad because he's a really good coach. Like, I didn't think that United would go down this path it sort of felt like a bridge too far it felt like he was too like ralph is um ragnick is a is a gm it's like getting uh, a billy bean type or a or a um or a bill parcells type one of these iconoclastic coaches who you sign him and you give him the keys uh he basically built the entire red bull system so he started at Red Bull Leipzig in 2012. He was the sporting director for both Red Bull and Red, Red Bull Salzburg, so both the Red Bulls. And then he became the director that oversaw all the Red Bull teams that are around the world, and there are about five, I think. So there's you know MLS, Red Bull. And he's been running that whole process in this unified system of scouting and bringing players in and player development and selling players on and making money, and really has RB Leipzig as probably the second 
club in Germany after Dortmund. There is sort of this nouveau riche thing. So what United have got, they've got a builder, a person who will oversee all of the football in the long term. For the short term, he comes in to take over United and see where he can get them, assess what's going on, and then has a two-year consultancy uh, add-on to sort of stay on and help them find their first coach. So this is a big deal. This is the biggest signing I think United have made, frankly, since Robin Van Persie by Sir Alex Ferguson, which was a slam dunk, we're going to win the league signing kind of thing. And I think if, if United can actually stick with Rangnick's philosophy, ideas, structures, way of building, way of generating revenue, you will see United transform. This is a big deal. But and the caveat is massive. This is a big deal. Only if United let him do the work. If they panic, if they react to PR, if they, you know, throw the toys out of the pram the first time, uh, you know, Ragnick says something stupid, because he has. He has said some old man, white guy, German things. Uh, you know, said some terrible things about Navi Keita's family or stuff like that, or just generally insensitive, saying that BLM is political and just things, just don't say anything. If he can keep his mouth shut about non-football things, he should be fine. Uh, I don't know how German, the German press is versus the English press. Um, I get the sense that they're probably a little bit more cerebral. That would be just my assumption, but is it Worse than the sort of bullshit that the British press throw at them? Probably not. I, I listen to the press conferences in the Premier League, and they're pretty tame. I mean, I suppose the post games are a little bit pointed, uh, but otherwise, he should be able to handle it. The guy is really clever, really smart. Uh, I've listened to a handful of his YouTube videos on coaching voice uh, on it. And he seems to have a really good head on his shoulders. So like I said, this is a massive change. Um, if the United players can take it on, and I think they will want to. I think this team wants to be coached. This has this team, United has world-class players who are dying to have some vision and have somebody say to them, do this as opposed to just go out there. I mean, this is about as opposite a signing as you can go from Ollie. This is going from, this is like, you know, this is Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer is essentially an amateur when compared to uh, Ralph Ragnarok, Ragnick. He essentially developed all of the systems by which German football coaches are taught. Um, they all come from Ragnick, all of it. So you're ge getting you're not you're getting not Klopp and not Tuchel, but the guy who developed the plan that taught those two coaches how to be the coaches they are today. Now, does he have a dynamic personality? Is he a leader of men? I don't know, but we do know that he has a clear way he wants to play. He has a clear way he wants to push his players. He has a clear way 
of developing things. Will he be able to mesh with superstar players? That's going to be a challenge. And I think that's something we don't know yet because I don't think he's really had to manage a team where the team was already there and he had to manage it. He's very good as a technocrat. He's more Bielsa than um, Conte. He's he's a Bill Parcells. He's a, he's a Mike D'Antoni, you know, where he's he hasn't really won any big trophies. He's brought some teams up, but he's a, a thinker. He's, he's really about the game. So this is a big, 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 big deal. It also segues into the thought we had a couple weeks ago that I, I really believe is and is really happening. I tweeted about it. It is that this is just another step in the fact that the Premier League is now the preeminent place for great coaches to go and play. Now, the question is, is, is it the money driving the, play, driving the coaches? Is it the money driving the players who the coaches want to coach? I, I, it's all of it, probably. But it's clear that the pandemic did a lot of damage to the traditional big powers of Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus. Those clubs are in disarray. Uh, Real less so. Bayern Munich is sort of sitting on its own, doing its thing within the context of the Bundesliga. But we saw from the desire for the Super League, we saw from the need of those six clubs to break away and join the Super League, that the Premier League is the Super League. I mean, I, I think all that's gone on just lets everybody know that that's true, that we now know through Conte joining the league, through Rangnick joining the league, that the Premier League is the Super League that you were looking for. All the money's there. All the best coaches are there. And the great coaches will bring the great players because players want to be coached by great coaches. Um, it's an unbelievable occurrence. Uh, we, have the, we have the news about the Premier League uh, signing its, one, its $2 billion contract. I didn't put this into context. The money that NBC paid for the Premier League is actually bigger than the NHL deal. So that's just a foreign league from a foreign country getting a bigger TV contract than the traditional big four sport. So that's just to give you an idea of where the Premier League stands within all these contexts. So, and that's just one deal that the Premier League has signed uh, in, in that context. So things are really moving around. We've got Ragnick. I mean, basically, of the top 10 coaches in the world, which you now can count which of them are not in the Premier League. Now, I don't know South American coaching. I know those leagues aren't as big. I don't know, you know how great uh, a, a coach in, 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 in China might be or a smaller European country might be. But I do know that Klopp, Tuchel, Pep, Benitez, Bielsa, um, they're all in the Premier League. Now with Ragnick, Ragnick, I'll get it right eventually, they're all in the league. The only ones that are missing at this point are Ancelotti and Mourinho, and maybe they're past their primes, or or uh, Lopetegui's not in the league, or or Luis Enrique. I mean, there's some Spanish 
coaches that are missing. Uh, we've got Unai Emery was, and he's out. So these are the, all the best coaches are all in the Premier League at this point. I mean, I guess Pochettino is sitting on the outside looking in, but he still may end up being the United coach. Uh, the way this is set up, Rangnick may take on this coaching job for six months, then go upstairs, put in the systems that allow for someone like Poch to come in and not have to be the revolutionary thing, but maybe be a step forward. And, and Poch's, Pochettino's style actually matches with what the uh, with uh, Ragnick's uh, pressing style as well. So Bielsa, Ragnick, Pep, Klopp, all these things tie together to sort of what modern football looks like. It's an attacking, it's a front foot football, it's a no back pass football, it's a youthful football. I think we're going to like what we see from United. Um, I would be concerned for Ronaldo. I would be concerned for Cavani. I would think that you'll see Marshall and Rashford and and Sancho and Greenwood all be featured slowly but surely to run. I mean, Ronaldo will prove himself. I think the midfield will, will be a problem for United. They'll have to change and find some bit more running. I think McTominay will probably be okay. But they're all going to have to learn how to pass forward and stop being scared. Um, I, I'm excited. As a, as a Premier League fan, as a City fan, I I'm, I'm fucking hate this. This is the worst news ever. Um, but uh, speaking of which, let's go into the week's matchups. And it will go into United. Uh, United do indeed face Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. They come into this uh, very quick overview, having beat Villarreal uh, in the Champions League. So they are through. That was a big win for Michael Carrick, who's the interim manager. But they played badly. They played the same. They still could have lost. They gave up many chances. Uh, I think this is a real not-in-the-face game. I mean, while Chelsea are not prolific in scoring, what I've seen from them in their last two games against Leicester and against Juve is they are on form. They are popping the ball around. Uh, Reese James is putting himself in the conversation for the best right back in England, best right back in the world. You know, you've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, you've got Reese James, and if you want a more defensive version of that, we still can give Kyle Walker his due. Um, he's the old man in the group. He's a defender of the group. But these three, these fullbacks, I mean, Reese James is leading the team in goals and assists. Um, he's just hitting the ball with thunderous pace. And Chelsea should have absolutely no problem annihilating uh, Manchester United. It's not even going to be close, honestly. Uh, if, if United score, I'd be surprised. If, if United win this game, that would be as big an upset as though... Um, I just can't see it. I just don't believe in United. I don't believe in Carrick. I don't believe in the coaching. I think the players are on a holding pattern. I think they're on the beach waiting for the real coach to show up. Um, but, you know, United are through to the next round, so maybe... Ragnick can sort of help there, but uh, it, it's going to be a big time of change at United. And Chelsea right now are flying. They're back in that form. They do have to be concerned about uh, Mendy going to the African Cup of Nations, which is coming up, and we'll, we'll talk about this later. I think a lot of people don't realize how many big players are going to go away for six weeks. Uh, when we talk about Liverpool, we'll talk about that. 
but yeah, Chelsea should have no problem. They've been playing well. Uh, I think they're settled. They've been showing. And I think another weird thing is they're not playing Lukaku. They're playing basically like City play without real strikers. I mean, sort of. So they're all over that. Um, and the next, the other big game of the week, I'd say, is City playing West Ham. I, City just came through a Champions League campaign where just beat PSG. Again, PSG not connected. Uh, a front three not defending. Pochettino looking like a bad coach. Uh, I'll say it and I'll say it again. PSG's problem is not coaching. It's the players and the culture of the team where you don't have to do anything. And if you don't like it, you get the coach fired. Tuchel was made to look bad. Now Pochettino's being made to look bad. So who's really it on? Uh, City really beat PSG pretty easily. Could have had more. Same problems as always. Uh, crosses in the box with no striker. Um, hitting the post. It's just City are lacking that killer piece, but they scored the goals they needed. They didn't give up any goals to PSG, so they're through. Um, and they play West Ham this week. West Ham coming off a Thursday game. West Ham having lost to Wolves. City are so mechanical, so tied on right now. Now young players are coming through. McAteers came through. Uh, I really like my team a lot. Uh, they don't have a great narrative and a great story all the time, but they're just a precise machine with a clear pattern of play, a clear way they want to play, a clear way to break you down. And it's really at this point with City, just a matter of whether they execute. The I know it sounds good for any team, but it's never a matter of luck. Everything's mapped out. So City will lose to West Ham if you see them not take shots on goal or hit the post or uh, miss shots. But if they if they get an early goal, it's over. West Ham are still very good. I like them a lot. They play exciting football. But, I mean, sometimes when they go up against the sort of class of the class, I mean, they had that great game against Liverpool. But when they go against City, they'll have a hard time. They'll sit deep. They'll defend for their lives. With A team with Mikel Antonio is always going to have a chance. It's a scary game, but I think Sunday – City will be ready. Uh, rest of the week's fixtures, it's really these two games, the Chelsea game and the United game. Arsenal are the first game on Saturday against Newcastle at home. That should be no problem. Liverpool have Southampton. Liverpool playing really, really well right now. They um, undefeated in their group. They have the second best goal differential in the Champions League, and they have the best goal differential in the Premier League. So, you might say they might be the best team. Uh, Virgil van Dijk still has never lost at home, even though uh, the team has lost at home. Uh, another fixture that I'm looking forward to, there's two. Crystal Palace, Aston Villa. Crystal Palace at home. They're so, so good right now. Aston Villa under under Steve Gerrard. A super fun game. I think they'll... These are evenly matched teams right now. And then Brighton versus Leeds. As usual, two really good coaches. Uh, Brighton is sliding a little bit. They have, haven't had a win in five. They're dealing with injuries, not scoring goals. Uh, Leeds still, we know, need their wins. And then Brentford and Everton starts off Sunday. You know, not much 
uh, in amazingness. Uh, Burnley played Tottenham. Not too much to write home about there. Um, but I am looking forward to my team playing. And like I said, Palace, Villa, Brighton, Leeds, City, West Ham, Chelsea versus Man United, um, and Tottenham versus Burnley. Not exactly a barn burner of a week. All the good games are on Sunday. Uh, I'd say pick of the litter for Saturday would be Palace versus Villa, like I said. That's out the 70, 7 a.m. slot. And then the, the late the late Saturday game is Brighton versus Leeds. That should also be good. And then Sunday we got a both games. So we've got a split split week of both both Saturday and Sunday, same amount of games. A little bit different than normal. You can get in on both. Uh, should probably wrap up the Champions League a little bit. Here's who's through. City and PSG are through. Liverpool is through. Uh, still to be decided who goes through with them. That's the group of death. Porto, Milan, and Atletico. Athletic Madrid. Atletico is in last place in their group. Weird. Group C. Ajax is through. Undefeated. 13 goal difference. Incredible work. If you're not paying attention, Ajax is really good again. I don't know how they did it. Uh, Sporting also go through with Dortmund dropping out into the Europa League. Real and Inter are through. Inter, this is a big deal for Inter. They haven't made the round of 16 in, I think, five or six years. So good for Inter. Bayern are through, no problem. Barcelona still struggling. They did get a draw. They need a win to make it through. We'll see what Xavi can do. It would be catastrophic for, for Bayern, for Barcelona not to make it. Uh, Men United got a big win. They're through. Uh, I believe Villarreal and, and, and Atalanta will still have to battle it out. But United are through. They can't drop out. Then we've got this weird group G with Lille, Salzburg, and Sevilla. Lille, uh, Jonathan David of Canada, killing it. They are on top, but it's 8-7-6-5 with Lille, Salzburg, Sevilla, and Wolfsburg. A little funky. And then uh, Chelsea and Juve are through. Chelsea just made Juventus look old, tired, and washed up in their final Champions League group game. So it looks like Chelsea will probably beat whoever they have next. They're in good shape. The Premier League is just, like I said, I mean, just going through the Champions League, the Premier, the Premier League has put four teams through, three of them top of their groups, with big boy teams as the backup team. So City edged PSG. Chelsea edging, Chelsea edging Juve. And then Liverpool going undefeated in a group with Porto, Atletico, Madrid. I mean, just... The Premier League right now is just killing it. And I just think that going back to that point, the coaching, the players, everything that's going on with the league is just right now just an unstoppable machine that I could see the Premier League dominating Europe for another 10 years. And it's going to cause all sorts of mishaps. I do think that dominance, that the competition in European football and the desire to win the biggest trophies, say the Champions League, Europa League, and the pressure, that fourth estate that we talk about, owners, players, media, fans, the fans in football have so much power and so much energy and so much pull on the teams that there's no way that there's no way 
that the other teams in Europe that are not in the Premier League can give up. They all have to fight till the end. So I wrote a tweet about this, and I sort of said, you know, this is another moment that the Premier League is on its way to becoming the most important football tournament in the world. The Premier League has all the best coaches. And if Rag, Ragnick can put United back on track, so he's got work to do at the board level and the coaching team, there's nothing that will stop the Premier League from dominating over the next 10 years. And I think, I think it's a good thing. Like I was saying, the Premier League being powerful is going to force the other leagues to find new revenue. And I have a little story for each one. Barcelona is going to have to invest in La Masia, clean up its books, and go youth and try and find their way that way. There's still big brands, as big as teams in the Premier League. Real Madrid are going to keep having to be efficient with their spending. And smartly, they're already ahead of the game on this. They did it with Ronaldo. They've sort of transitioned. You can see Vinicius moving through. You can see Benzema sort of hanging on and holding them up. Juventus needs to somehow help improve all of Sierra so that it has the competition it needs. They sort of put all their eggs in their basket to need to change. Although Serie A is more competitive than ever, but they need to find revenue. And then PSG need to change, need to give the power to their coaches and change the player empowerment of that team because without it, they'll never win anything. And basically, you know, last year we were really concerned about the Super League in April. The Super League exists and it's the Premier League right now so all the money all the coaches all the players the vortex of energy and strength and wealth is all showing up in the premier league it's pushing the league to higher and higher heights you're seeing it in the champions league which is the measuring stick for where teams are and there i have zero doubt zero zero doubt that the champions league winner will be a premier league team there's only one team that can defeat a Premier, a Premier League team, and it's Bayern. And they won't have played anyone, so they won't know where they are. Um, are they tough? Do they play hard? Are they professional? Yes, but if they don't see anyone that challenges them all season, it's going to be hard for them to reach those levels. So we'll see where they are. All right, it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to wrap it up. That was the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike Slater, I don't know who wasn't here, and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network, and we record on Tuesdays and Fridays. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show so that we can grow. Thank you.